The views and opinions expressed by various contributors to 98.5 CKWR and its radio programs are their own and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of 98.5 CKWR Wired World, Inc., its broadcasters, staff, or volunteers. Listeners are urged to use their own discernment and draw their own conclusions. Good morning. My name is Rob Daniels and welcome to Visions and Sound. Now for those that may be joining me for the very first time, Visions and Sound is a movie, TV, and video game soundtrack program that I produce each and every week right here on 98.5 CKWR. Well, here we are, show number 31 of 2022 and show number 1136 if you're keeping track that way. Well, this week we conclude July with a look at the music of the 2003 to 2006 television series Teen Titans. It's nice to know that there is still a hunger for animated TV scores, as often they may be forgotten. So I'm glad to be presenting the newly released Volume 1 score from this popular animated TV series. A team of five teenage superheroes save the world from many villains around their city while experiencing things normal teens face today. The team here consisting of Robin Hood, or sorry, Robin, Starfire, Cyborg, Raven, and Beast Boy. The music here was written by the Dynamic Music Partners, Michael McCreeston, Christopher Carter, Lolita Ritmanis, who are well-versed in the DC animated world, having basically just come off another animated series, Batman Beyond as well as being involved with other DC animated series, including Batman the Animated Series. Now, on July 21st, Volume 1 of Teen Titans' soundtrack was released. It is the first time in 19 years that this music has seen the light of day, and that is the reason for celebration. I had the great opportunity to speak to all of the composers on this series, and we'll get to that later in the show. First, though, I thought I might want to Get some start with some music on the series to set the mood. So here's some music from Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. 
And with a little bit of music from Volume 1 of the newly released Teen Titans music. Oh, that's music by the Dynamic Music Partners. And I will... Well, you know what? If you're interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. I am on the Twitter at visionsound. You can also try me on my website, visionsinsound.ca. can also be found on Good Pods or also Apple Music and wherever other good podcasts can be found. So as mentioned before... I had the great opportunity this week to be uh, to speak to the composers of Teen Titans about, and well, other topics as well. But here is that interview that I did with them, and uh, yeah, sit back and enjoy. This is um, this is great stuff. Superhero music has been very prevalent in the last uh, couple of years, but we've got three of on the show today, three of probably one of the best known composers of this music. They're well known for several series and I've got the dynamic music partners here. So why don't you introduce yourselves and uh, we'll get, uh, we'll get this uh, interview started. We'll start with Lolita. Hey, yeah. My name is Lolita Ritmanis and it's just a pleasure, Rob, to be here with you today. I'm Michael McQuistian, and I'm so happy to be here to talk about this music. This is something that has been on our minds and on fans' minds for a long time now. Hey, Robert. I'm Christopher Carter, and it's just it's really thrilling to join you here today. Fantastic. All right, let's begin. All right, well, I mean, we're here talking about, uh, well, we will be talking about Teen Titans. So how did you all become involved with, uh, with Teen Titans back in 2003? We all had been working under Shirley Walker for many years, yeah. and being Shirley's protégés, um, it was kind of our introduction to working with the Warner Animated Superheroes. And at a certain point, uh, she decided that she really wanted to stop doing anything that wasn't feature films. She wanted to step away and just put her energy into her feature film career. And so when Warner Brothers uh, started these new series, Justice League and Teen Titans, uh, Shirley very graciously said, uh, Michael, Lita, and Chris have been providing the music for your shows for all this time, and I have complete faith they can continue to do so. Yeah, lots of wonderful confidence from her, which uh, the executives listened to and very much changed the, well, or accelerated the the trajectory of our careers. Um, it was very gracious of her to do that, and and uh, we just, I think we really stepped up and, and we've been immersed in it ever since. <laughs> when you're doing the show, I mean, when you're like, how do you divide up each of the assignments? I mean, when you were when you were doing uh, Batman the Animated Series, it was Shirley. So, how were you dividing up the uh, the series uh, music for for each one of you? Well, it was interesting because Shirley, like you said, she called the shots when she was the supervising composer on the series that she was in charge of, and she mm-hmm. pretty much divided everything up based on her schedule. Um, when we started working together, originally we started doing whole episodes ourselves, and we don't do that so much anymore. But back then, you know, Teen Titans and Justice League were the first series that we did away from Shirley. And so we were still doing.
days, we decided to divide between the three of us so that we could all have a chance to contribute to shaping and creating the sound of the series. So we divided up the cues in that first episode between the musical cues, that is, between the three of us. And we all met with Glenn Murakami, the brilliant producer of the series, whom we adore, and had fun just throwing things you know out there for him to respond to to figure out you know how are we going to create the sound of this show so after that once we had the first episode done then we decided that we would each take one complete episode and each one of us would score one episode because of the nature of the storytelling of the series and that turned out to work really well because of what glenn had asked of us in terms of music so now when you're given the assignment 14 titans and you want to create a sound do you all collaborate and say this is what this is the the sound palette that we're going for um usually starts with um usually the 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 showrunner either the producer or director whoever is calling the main who has the main creative say is uh has some idea um it's very rare where it's a complete blank canvas and uh in this case Glenn definitely had some ideas. Um, do you guys remember the early examples that he was playing for us and of, of different bands? And but I mean, it was, it was really kind of all over the place. He had a lot of different things that he liked, and uh, we knew in the case of Teen Titans that it was going to uh, it was going to skew younger, but with a sophisticated kind of quirkiness to it. If that makes any sense, it was never going to be dumbed down. It was going to be kind of full of of create creativity and just when you think you know what the sound of the show is maybe then you throw in something completely different to match the particular story arc that that we're involved in so uh, glenn was very uh, inspirational in uh both um, at first terrifying me by saying kind of well do what do you think and when somebody says what do you think you kind of go oh somebody wants to know what I think. And so I had to, I, I pondered a little bit and then tried to come up with something that I, I thought that, that he would like. And, and I think all of us had that kind of back and forth. Um, and it was quite, quite uh, amazing in that sense, you know, a little nerve wracking when you're, uh, it's easier now it, as I'm, as I'm older. But when I was at, at that age, it was sometimes like, I just want to do what every, what, what's expected of me and do it correctly. And somebody's kind of unleashing that kind of just, Let's just try it. So, I, I agree with what you're saying, Lolita. I, I think that it is there. This was a transition for us, kind of stepping into being the ones that were taking the lead uh, after Shirley had done so for so many years. But I think that that uh, all along the process, we we understood the the uh, the developing a sound is collaborative. You really want to 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 have lots of discussions and 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 uh, brainstorm and and dream and and talk with your creative people about what it is that that um, you know will make them will, you you want to get their ideas and you want to bring your ideas together and then it becomes this big melting pot where you can make something really fun and unique just for that show. Now you've mentioned Glenn several times during this during the interview. So tell me about Glenn. And uh, why is he so important to to Teen Titans as well? Glenn brought his very personal vision to the series. Um, he he loves anime, and he brought uh, some conventions of of the, the visual elements of anime into the way that he did um, uh, the the development of Teen Titans. I'm trying to remember what they call it. Is it super 
supermorphify. I'm telling it wrong. I can't remember the exact word, but there's there's a super deformed. Uh, there's a you know it's a method of of when when somebody is feeling shy or feeling sad, they get really small, and when they're feeling aggressive, they get larger. And so the you know the things like the sizes of the characters were very fluid based on what they're feeling. It's it's a, a total anime convention. Yeah, I, I just he really knew had the, these very personal things that he knew he wanted the show to, to reflect and I, I think that's what what made the show so unique is that he had such a strong individual vision of what he wanted to do with these characters that were very well known from the comics right yeah you know I think he was also coming to it from the anime world there were, there was this series called Fooly Cooly that he really loved that none of us had ever heard about and he told us about it and asked us to watch it we watched it it's like it was really out there i mean bizarre stuff happening on the screen that just was i think surreal is that the right word it was like a salvador dali experience only with anime um yeah it, it was very unusual and he'd already chosen the band puffy amiyumi to do the main title and when we heard what they had done that was not what i expected because let's not forget that we came from justice league and we're thinking oh it's robin so he's part of the justice league kind of you know batman and robin and then, and then here comes the teen titans i mean title it's like what <laughs> and so uh, i know i know uh, that i remember that glenn had two maxed out ipods which at the time they were pretty new but he had like the the biggest uh capacity and he had two of them that he carried with him everywhere that had thousands of tracks on it and he would reference these when we were asking him about scenes and about things to start out to figure out the sound and i mean it was it was just anything and everything and in fact the more obscure i think the better isn't that is that right you guys it's, it kind of felt that way to me yeah it's and sometimes it's it's uh hard to preview where, where we show the music before we do the final final and to get the notes um, if we would be using live instruments and especially the use of guitar um, there's so many different different ways the guitar can be played and different types of guitars and and pedals and effects and and uh, we would use all our samples to demonstrate as much as we could, but then he then it's always like, well, it's going to be different, and like he's trying to understand, well, how different is it going to be, and what what. And so we would try to explain things to him, but but ultimately um, he just got really immersed in all of it, and, and would even occasionally come to a session to watch, especially the guitar sessions. He'd love to watch. Didn't he play a little bit himself, or he liked to at least hold the guitar? I think, I think he didn't, maybe we played on some source thing or something. I think he had yeah. played on a source piece for Yeah, but he's just, he's a true artist's artist. And, and it's, uh, he's a wonderful person to delve into discussions uh, with uh, about things that aren't music. You know, he's a, he's a lover of all sorts of cultural things. And, and uh, I know Michael and he, you bonded over some sort of architecture or furniture or something. You had some long complicated discussion once about some furniture and we'd even talk about music. It was like, okay. All right. Yeah, he's he's a he he has a, a smaller home like I do, and so mid-century furniture goes really well. But it's really hard to find original mid-century furniture, and he he recommended a furniture store to me, and I and I went there, and it was exactly what I needed. And he was like, oh, "I knew you'd love it." And so yeah, <laughs> isn't that strange? Because I mean, like you said, Lily, it's an artist's artist, you know, who really looks at the world in a, with an artistic eye in every way, not just with the show that he was doing. Yeah, it's very much something that I think um, maybe for any any aspiring composers or, or, or any aspiring artists, 
that that will want to enter the world of of collaboration, you know, in the in, through animation or working in film and television. Um, if you can jump over that barrier of just feeling like all you have to discuss is what you're looking at and what you're going to write and get to know, get to kind of to know the person that you're collaborating with so that you can develop kind of a second, a second whole level of, of uh, creative intimacy in a way so that you feel comfortable trying out new things musically um, because you already know that person better. So I can't say that I know Glenn that well. I just know that every time over all these years when we when we mention his name, we all smile and it's like, oh, can we please have another Glenn in our lives? Or can Glenn get some cool new project that we can score? Because it just it, it brings out the joy in all of us. Well, that's great. So now um, you mentioned you mentioned the use of guitar um, back uh, back then, but um, were you using live players, uh, an orchestra, and that sort of thing? Not not a full orchestra. I mean, the whole sound of the show was was much more geared towards a rock combo, you know, variations of that ska and and um, pop, a lot of pop, a lot of pop. And so uh, we used as we did always use live guitar, um, just from the complexities of recording a drum set every week. We did not. Uh, I don't think we ever used live drums or rarely used live drums. Um, so apart from the guitar, there might be a bass or there might be some other kind of. Of instrument that would um, you know, that would would make in, but it was it was just a, it was just a more intimate kind of sound uh, in terms of the orchestration because there definitely wasn't any. I mean, we were it was still very broad music and very exciting and very energetic, S similar to Batman Beyond, perhaps. Oh, not Chris. You can speak to that maybe most. I don't really think so. I mean, it was Batman Beyond was was really very much like a uh, a record session there were several days of overdubs and several days of recording and several days of mixing this was a much more streamlined raw approach it was really more in your face and just kind of put the mic in front of the guitar and raw play now and um the the batman beyond connection is actually kind of interesting because uh glenn did ask for the very first cue of teen titans to have a batman beyond sound because that was the series we had done immediately prior mm -hmm. um and so uh, I actually wrote the opening scene and the scene after the main titles. And so it was very Batman Beyond-esque. And then we go into the main titles, the Puffy Amiyuni song, and then we completely switch gears. When we see the Teen Titans for the first time, it has this younger, more youthful, uh, you know, driving guitar sound that's definitely not Batman Beyond. Right. And so Glenn wanted to pull a switcheroo on the fans there saying, this is, you know, we're gonna, you think you're going to start out one way, but we're going to do something different for this series strap in. Okay. <laughs> when you're coming up with, uh, with cues and then you use them in, 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 in the show, um, do you revisit a cue over time and say, well, maybe I can extend this a little bit or, expand it a bit more or make it a bit more of a richer sound or do you just continue make continue composing new cues or do you go back and say mm, this might work in the same context but in a in a in a bigger or smaller way um thematically we definitely draw upon the themes that we've developed mm -hmm. but um maybe foolishly we have not yet been the composers that just go back into the you know look in the drawer it's like oh we have another show to do what can we use on this one let's just plop this in there um and that certainly is the way some shows are scored there it's more of a library approach um 
And uh, you know, it, it does work for some things, but we are, it, the storytelling for these episodes and each story arc was so different that it really needed that personal touch. I mean, we, we go from, I mean, I'm just thinking of, of the episodes I scored alone. There was like, you know, weird puppet show about puppets. And then there was a show about uh, characters, thunder and lightning, which was definitely more like percussion and, and very intense uh, driving kind of a tribal kind of uh, uh, music of sorts. And then there would be um, a sweet kind of, you know, Fender Rhodes piano, sweet kind of homage to maybe something that I would, you know, when I would be dreaming of my high school boyfriend, what kind of music I would hear in my head and I would try to channel, you know, Starfire or something. So it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's each, it's very personal. Um, I mean, Michael didn't, were you the one that used cellos on, or who used cellos on, 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 on one of these episodes? I don't, I don't think it was me, but I did use yeah. electric violin. Electric violin. In the future, okay. it's in the future seasons, not season one, but uh, in future seasons. Yeah, no, I, I, it, it was, it was just anything and everything that felt right, um, and I don't think I don't. Did we? There were a few, there were a few characters that had that had theme type things associated with them. Certainly, Slade had a sound. And a thematic kind of sound, and certainly Tara had, you know, her own material, and yeah, and I mean there were there were just certain kind of moods that we would associate with certain types of characters and in, in their situations, and you know, Robin was always really introspective, and so there was always kind of some moody jazz thing going on for him, or. You know, there and 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 then Starfire was always so bright and happy, and so she always had some innocent little thing happening for her, and so it wasn't really like it wasn't what you think of when you think of like m motifs, like you know in Star Wars when the Luke Skywalker theme and Princess Leia's theme. It wasn't it wasn't like that. Um, it was more moods, and I think I think that's something that Glenn really excelled at. He he is a huge fan of capturing just everyday life in situations that are normal and maybe not so con is conflated the right word inflated i don't know in animation sometimes there's these larger than life scenarios and there that's a great place to do that because you know you don't have to go find a location that is like interplanetary to be able to film it right you can just draw it and so but i think in glenn's mind a lot of the animation a lot of the sequences were animated in places that were more normal like you know the soda shop or you know the pizza place on the corner or somebody's house or somebody's garage and you know that kind of a thing and i think that's great because it brings a relatability to it that you don't normally get when everybody's flying around in outer space trying to thwart some intergalactic en enemy so i think that's one of the strengths of the series is that it's it, there's a humanity to it and a normalness to it that really allows people to connect there's a reason why we're doing this interview. And can you can you can you let the cat out of the bag, so to speak, as to <laughs> as to what we are uh, as to um, what is possibly going to be happening? Well, we are thrilled to share with all of uh, with your listeners that uh, Warner Brothers has um, authorized the release finally of a of soundtracks 
from the Teen Titans series. Fantastic. And um, we're going to be releasing it on our own uh, Dynamic Soundtrack Records label. And the first one, the first volume, which is uh, based on scores from the first season of Teen Titans, is available right now in Comic-Con. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, so where did the idea of uh, doing it yourself, coming out, uh, releasing it yourself come from? Or was it just necessity? It came from everybody who's listening, frankly. It came from the fans. This has been our number one most requested uh, music over the past 20 years or so from what we've done. Everybody, more people want to hear Teen Titans than any other score that we've done. Not to say that we don't have a lot of other things that we are you know, hoping to release as well, but people keep asking about Teen Titans. And we had the Teen Titans Trouble in so Tokyo soundtrack from the movie that we did, yeah. and that came out but that's about the only music that's been out there and so you know the fact that water tower was agreeable to this is just fantastic we're so appreciative to them for letting us take the ball and run with it here because we just know that there's a lot of interest out there for this particular series and we couldn't be more thrilled to release this right yeah it's a it's a hefty you know it's it's a can we say how many tracks volume one is what can we say we'll say 98 tracks volume one wow so and that yeah. has tracks put together on it too. yeah it's, it's basically it's it's people that you know when, when i was a kid i used to listen to these albums that you kind of like immerse yourself in and you hear the music and you kind of remember the story and so i think that's some of some of that request the fan request is of that of that nature um and uh, yeah, and even even now when we do seminars, sometimes we'll we'll uh, for college age uh, kids, I'd like to say kids, young people, um, and it's you know when they when when we mention Teen Titans, it's like oh you scored my childhood, you know it's like it really is that, um, and I think again it comes back to kind of the uh, Glenn's way of dealing with the humanness the humanness in these characters and and the relatability. Um, I have a very close friend um, uh, uh, from my, my childhood, and her son actually deals with troubled children and people and children that have awful diseases and are, are stuck in stuck in the hospital for days on end or months on end. And and Teen Titans seem both the original Teen Titans and the newest newer Teen Titans Go seem to be like the that's like the, those are the number one shows that these kids ask for and because they can kind of, the characters are accessible, even though there's, they have, you know, superpowers and are cool, they are also very, you know, there's an innocence and a growth and an emotional development that, that I think also hopefully, hopefully in the music we capture that. Plus, uh, plus, of course, the vocal cast, you know, <laughs> it'll make people want to rewatch all the episodes because, you know, the actors on that, on that, uh, on that show are pretty outrageously wonderful. Okay, so where can we find it? Um, it is a digital only release. Unfortunately, there won't be a physical CD that people uh, can buy, but it is it is on all the major outlets, iTunes Music and Apple Music and, and Spotify, uh, pr pr worldwide, whatever, whatever streaming service or music service you go to, it should be there. Now, for, for those that maybe aren't in the know, you mentioned that uh, a water tower music was kind enough to allow you your to, to release your own music. So the, how does that work? You, uh, is it that you don't own your own music or does it, is it just 
released through the publishing or or that sort of thing. I don't know how that how does that work. Warner Brothers owns the music that we create for the series. That's okay. that's part of the contract that we have as composers working on a television show, and they're the ones that's that uh, have the the ability to say yes that it can be released. And um, so for the last twenty something years that since the series came out, when we've received these requests of when you're releasing a Teen Titans soundtrack, the, always, the answer has always had to be whenever Warner Brothers decides that <laughs> that they are are will will let let us and. Um, it just it's it's a great time that Warner's is is interested in um, in 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 having people be able to enjoy their music outside of the series, and so we just happen to catch them at the right time where they're they're supportive of this, and it, and we're just we're just thrilled with, about that. Because mm -hmm. that's a question I often get is the fact that um, you you mean the composers don't own their own music, and I go well, that unfortunately is the nature of the business. Well, if you think about it, it's important for Warner Brothers to own the music because they own the show and they need to be able to promote the show and, and they need to be able to distribute the show you know, worldwide and air it whenever they need to to get its maximum viewership. And they don't need any kind of encumbrances, I guess you might say, or any, anything that would prevent them from getting the most out of the show and being able to get the show to the most amount of people. And if there was some kind of restriction on the music, then they might hold that back and they might say, well, this is, we can't play this in Great Britain because we don't have the rights for that because the composers have those rights. And so thankfully, I guess you might say in the, in the big picture scope of things, you know, they do own all the rights to the music and that's just how it's set up so that they can get the maximum audience for the show. And that's just necessary. And so the fact that they will then say, you know, we're gonna release our, our rights for this to you the composer, you know, we're just, we're, here we are, we're the composer, we're not Warner Brothers, for goodness sakes. And they're saying, you know what, we like you, we think it'll be great, we trust you, you can have these rights and you can get this music out there. And I mean, that's where the gratitude comes from for us, because, you know, they're such a big company and they could do many things, they could release it if they want to, but they have bigger concerns and, and you know, and more current concerns, I guess you might say, because they're all promoting things that they're releasing now. So we love being able to address, you know, the fan audience and being able to provide something that we feel is pretty darn comprehensive in terms of the score for the series um, for this first season. I think, you know, I don't, I don't think there's much you're not going to hear if you, if you decide to go ahead and, and get this soundtrack. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, the, the rights aspect, though, is a little bit, I think some people get confused. It's not like, you know, music by Warner Brothers. I mean, the we are, we we are the composers and as far as when the music is performed we do have acknowledgement and share in, in the you know in the success and well hopefully not failure of the of the music um and also there's a whole separate uh situation if somebody wants to take the actual tunes or melodies harmonies that we've written and 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 perform it with marching band or something that's a different whole department that has to grant the license for that type of thing to be done so um, it's all very complicated. And for the young filmmaker, young composer out there who's just starting out, I think it's really important to learn as much as you can about all of this because there is so much content being produced right now where there are very, there's very little funding. And sometimes that actual thing of being able to retain your full rights as, as, a, as a composer, as an artist recording the music, let's say you completely own the music and you are just licensing it to 
to, you know, your friend down the street who's a super talented animator and he's made this or she's made this wonderful new little project. Um, it doesn't mean that that animator has to own that composer's music. You can, there's many, many different ways around. But with the big studios, anybody entering into the business, a writer, composer, you're generally being hired to do to do your work, work for hire for that particular project, and they own they they control the the trajectory of whatever happens with it. So you have to ask permission, and once you get permission, then you know they're hey they're happy to if you know for all the fans that are going to buy the millions and millions and millions of or downloads or whatever it at all it is that's happening now. Uh, Warner Brothers will make some money, so mm -hmm. <laughs> they're happy to, to to participate in that. Now you mentioned that there were 98 cues on this. Now, um, first of all, like that must that that's overwhelming. First of all, and is that like every piece of music that was written for the series, or are, did you have to make some tough decisions? It's not. These are 98 tracks. Oh, tracks. So there are actually some of the tracks are separate cues that have been combined into a longer listening experience. Oh. Um, and no, it's it's not even I, I mean, it's it's a lot. It's a very comprehensive journey through this first season's soundtrack score. But no, there's there there just isn't enough ones and zeros <laughs> for Spotify to hold the entire music that we wrote for this. <laughs> All right. So um, now it's been 20 years or almost 20 years since uh, the show has been on. And because it started back in 2003. So what do you think has been the most significant change between, well, I'll, I'll, I'll mention the, uh, uh, let's say, Teen Titans and, and up to Young Justice, we'll say. Um, definitely getting more, uh, more and more of our music production process in the computer. Mm. When we were working on Batman Beyond, we had racks of synthesizers and samplers and all this hardware. And the computer was pretty much driving those machines, but it wasn't making any sound of its own. And now at this point, I can take my laptop and, and finish working whatever movie that we're doing at this point, because everything is, is, has been, is able to be produced just in the computer itself. And that's, um, I think that it goes across the entire process of making a film or an animation. It's, it's all, you know, the, the, the animators have gone away from drawing by hand and cells. It's just everything is produced in the computer, which allows it to be done faster, which also allows people to be more indecisive and, and keep changes going until the very, very last minute. And um, it, uh, it just it, it puts us in, as composers in a situation of I'm so glad that we've got a partnership to, <laughs> to keep up with all the, 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 uh, you know, the process that the filmmakers go through to get us across the finish line with the film. Yeah, what's what is uh, what has not changed, I think, is that really good storytelling seems to have withstood the test of time and with the accessibility to all this material on all on streaming service, most of our most of our shows are actually now on HBO Max. And uh, that is uh, it's incredible because for some kids and for some adults, they are they think this Teen Titans has just started. They, they're just watching it. They don't know it's 20 years old. They don't necessarily care because a lot of the animated shows they are they are they are timeless in their in their design of the past of the future of the present it's not necessarily a you know where you're watching something like stranger things and ah now i'm in a time capsule back in the in the 80s or i'm in 
you know, or I'm, I'm watching a civil war film or something. A lot of these shows are, are timeless. And so the music, um, I think Chris is very spot on as far as just the technology aspect. I mean, I remember like with cell phones, I used to, I used to do music proofreading at Warner Brothers when I first started and, and the gentleman that sat across from me at the, on the other desk, he had, he had a cell phone that was like the size of a shoebox. And he would keep it. He would keep it in the shoebox. So if you kind of compare what technology, the cell, cell phone, mobile phone, cellular phone was back then to what we can do now on our cell phones, that's kind of a similar parallel to what we can do now with our computers as far as the sounds and 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 just producing already pretty spectacular sounding music. But always back to the back to the live players when you when you when you when you want that sound of a live musician on your project. It, it, there's nothing like it. Just the human human aspect of breathing sound or bowing sound or or guitar uh, power chords or whatever it is that you want. That human aspect um, that's, that can never be replaced. All right. Well, now just just before just before we wrap up, um, I've often been told that that uh, the the artist mentality is kind of you're always on, so you're always looking for. For example, uh, uh, you're always looking for a, a, a unique sound or something like that. Um, how does do you, how, do you do that? Do you like carry a recorder around with you? I mean, with the phones now, you can basically do that. But do you go here? This is a great sound. Let's 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 see if we can incorporate this. Well, I don't necessarily carry a recorder with me, but I mean, each of us has our own creative process I know for myself I write a lot of music away from the studio just because I'm more relaxed I think and I'm not necessarily thinking about work when I'm not in the studio and that's when I'll get some of my best ideas um, I mean I have a pad of waterproof paper in my shower and I've written a lot of themes you know in the morning when I'm taking a nice warm shower because I'm really relaxed I'm not thinking about work and it's just boom there it is you know and I'm like oh my gosh and I scribble on the wall of the shower you know with my paper and then I tear that off and take that into the studio and then I work on that you know what I'm saying so I, yeah I, I just think everybody's process is is very different but um, certainly I think the I think the idea for me is to not feel the pressure and to let my mind wander and I think Glenn excelled at that as a producer. He gave us such a long leash and our our like like the framework of the show was such that it lent itself to a lot more tangential styles than a lot of series do. The 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 voice of the series wasn't necessarily tied to the type of music as much as it was just the characters themselves so just like in our own lives when we can have we can go on a, a trip somewhere and, and experience something very exotic for us compared to where we might normally live it felt like every episode of teen titans was that way <laughs> kind of musically <laughs> you know fantastic well i i really appreciate the time that yeah that you've given me here I mean, the, this, first of all, it's great to see this, this music finally being released. Um, I mean, I know I have the, the Teen Titans uh, Trouble in Tokyo, and it's fantastic. And I, I've, often, I've been often wondering whether or not additional music was going to be released. So just remind everybody that where they can find this, uh, this, uh, this music again. 
Um, if you search for Teen Titans original soundtrack or uh, any of our three individual names um, on Spotify or Apple Music or iTunes, um, Amazon Music, any of these places, search for any of those terms and it should come up. Um, that's where they can find it. And we're looking forward to, uh, we, we hope they uh, will contact us on social media and let us know what their favorite track is. Fantastic. Well, like I said, I really appreciate the time with you know, uh, that you've given me. Uh, can what can we expect from the future from you from each? But let's just uh, start with uh, with Lolita, and what's what's coming up in the that you can talk about. Well, we just spent um, uh, two days. The the three of us spent two days with with uh, a studio full of low brass instruments for an incredibly very cool project that we're doing for uh for rick morales um and we did another project for him and neither of those two we can announce what they are but we're very excited about that and i'm actually off to latvia to record some of my own music as a birthday pre as an pr early birthday present for myself something blank page i'm not writing it on waterproof paper like michael but it's it's <laughs> on the score pages and I'm, I'm excited about recording it so that's me michael anything for you um well i can say with reasonable certainty that the fans have a lot to look forward to because we're going to be able to release more of this music from this series incrementally as time goes on as you can tell with season one being 98 tracks and some of those being you know already combined you can only imagine what we're talking about in terms of the volume of music that we have to get out there to everyone so i'm very excited about our upcoming soundtrack releases okay chris Yes, over, uh, over, there were, just remember, there were five seasons of Teen Titans, so, you know, keep, stay tuned. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, apart from the, just these wonderful projects I've been collaborating with uh, uh, Michael and Lolita, um, there's, there's some, uh, there are two short films that I have uh, worked on that are upcoming, and uh, also in my EDM uh, uh, adventures as the KR Protocol, um, I'm going to be returning to a live stage. I'm going to be performing a, a DJ set at Convergence Great. in Minneapolis in August. And uh, hopefully more shows and uh, more electronic music is uh, in the offering as well. Cool. Well, again, thank you very much and continued success. Thanks, Rob. Always, always a pleasure. Thanks, Thanks so much.
Well, I hope you enjoyed the uh, the interview that I did with the Dynamic Music Partners, uh, Christopher Carter, Lolita Ritmanis, and Michael McCreeston. It's just fantastic to get a chance to speak to them and to get their insights as well, and, of course, to play their music on the show. So if you're interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. I am on the Twitter at visionsound. You can also find me on my website, visionsinsound.ca. I can also be found on Good Pods, a downloadable app for your phone or other type devices. And you can also find me on Apple Music as well, and as well as any other type just type in visions and sound you might be able to find me on any other kind of podcast kind of sites and that sort of thing so you never know this show will probably show up in in about uh, about two hours time on a uh, on the um on my website so that'll be good but also on good pods is on good pods and apple music as well so welcome back to visions and sound as uh, this week we are we're celebrating the release of the music of Teen Titans. So I'm just going to continue on with some more of the fantastic music from the series. And uh, I'll be back in just a little bit.
Wow, time sure flies when you're having fun. That's all for me this week. Thanks for hanging in, those that did. So as we continue into 2022, as hope as you're getting on with your day that you realize just how awesome you are. Never let anyone tell you any different. If you're ever not feeling right, there are people out there that care about you and are willing to chat. If not family, then some professional who can help. As Rocky said, nobody hits harder than life. I know from personal experience how hard it is for me to sit behind this mic week after week when I feel like no one cares. I would never have made it this far without the support of a huge team of people behind me. If you or someone you know is in crisis and needs help, resources are available. In case of an emergency, please call 911 for immediate help. The Canadian Association for Suicide Prevention, Depression Hurts, Kids Help Phone at 1-800-668-6868, 1-844-HERE-247 or here247.ca. All offer ways of getting help if you or someone you know may be suffering from mental health issues. Well, join me next week as we kick off August with a look at three very different yet very similar versions of Pride and Prejudice. I'll end off this week's show with some more music from Teen Titans. And guess what? I will be back next week with more Visions in Sound.